1: Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Samso with Tim Priest or Tim O'Malley. We've got some transfers to talk about. Um, Malik Zaire sort of announcing his plans to go to Florida, which we've been talking about for six months. Preseason magazines I expect Notre Dame to make a commitment, keeping with our podcast tradition of the summer of commitments coming the day after we record. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Irish Invasion as well. Uh, that's coming up Saturday night, uh, but. Josh Barajas out. Tristan Hodge about to be out. You know, it, it's been every off season O'Malley since what? Uh, At least eighty one. Okay, I, yeah,
2: went back to eighty one, and then I couldn't. i didn't have never way of verifying eighty, but I'm sure it was there too. They, oh, there's okay. just there's a transfer all the time. It's
0: that yeah, it's that time of year, and um, they may need to have another transfer or some something to get them back down to eighty five. Um, you know, by the time all is said and done, but I, no, I mean, no real surprise with Barajas. He he was not, he was losing ground on the depth chart. Um, young linebackers moving past him. The surprises we all thought he was much better than that, and he'd be able to make a dent. Um, you know, some comments about was, is he is he leaving too early and and giving up on the dream a little bit too early? But he wants to play, and he has an opportunity at Illinois State to play right away. So. You know, good move for him, will help Notre Dame in the long run probably because they're trying to get space on their roster right yeah. now. If
2: you look next year, he wouldn't probably, you, you figure Tavon Coney moves over to play the middle. He, he don't think Barajas will beat him out. He's not ahead of Jonathan Jones right now. You know, the Buck linebacker position, if they want to, they could probably look at Bilal moving over there if he had to with Drew Tranquil starting right. a Rover. So there's right. a lot of options for them at linebacker, and I don't think he fit into a starting position next year. Um when you're getting passed by a lot of guys, including tryout players like Jameer Jones. By tryout, I mean he's not a natural middle linebacker, and he's a guy rotating in, in front yeah. of you with you. That's, that's just a I kind mean, I don't of think sign.
0: think we saw We didn't see Brahaus to the fourth quarter of the blue goal game, and he you know, chased the ball well and caught up to a play where he had... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Is that... Is that, that yeah. What's that? Changes yeah. yeah, ends. changes Falls, ends. In, changes falls ends. in the category of yeah. Martin Gavin changing ends yeah. well. Um, but, you know, I mean, they're just... Uh, There just wasn't going to be playing time for him. Tristan Hodge, interesting in that, I mean, he was a highly rated guy coming out of high school. As was Barajas, yes, as was Barajas, a true center. Uh, But you know, along the way, Pete, you and I both got feedback uh, that he that it just wasn't clicking for him. And um, you know, when you consider this is a this is a guard heavy or an interior offensive line heavy group right now and Hodge would be an interior offensive lineman and and playing time just wasn't in the future here at least at least not right probably not in 2017.
1: No, I mean I think he just he didn't want to practice be a practice player for a third straight year and figured he could just go somewhere else where he would definitely start for his final two years. Like I don't think he definitely would have started here in 2018 and 2019 yeah, I don't think so but either. highly highly likely. I mean, he would have been the
0: Probably. I think an
1: overwhelming favorite to start both those years.
0: Probably, but I mean, I think Aaron Banks, we saw what Aaron Banks could do in the spring. That's one spot that that's one interior offensive lineman that could have jumped him with his great size, uh, you know, pretty darn good mobility for his size. Likely that he would have started, but certainly not again. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that Hodge would started
2: over Banks, but he, he um, had a much better chance than Barajas. Who yeah, the tickets the, the of the same? Barajas class. had no
1: chance yeah. to play. Um, Barajas would have been in a position if he had the athleticism to play at this level. He would have been on all. He would have been a core special teams guy last year, and he was nowhere to be found in a contributing way. There, um, it's shocking. I saw him in high school, Tim. You really liked him. Liked his tape. Um, just never really clicked. But with Hodge, yeah, I, I think he would have been at least a one-year starter as a fifth-year senior, uh, if not a two-year starter. So now it's like your backup offensive linemen are a couple true freshmen and Liam Eikenberg, which is not great. Um, but rarely is that great. Rarely do you have a very good experienced second-team yeah. offensive lineman. They leave and go somewhere else, or they're just young guys still figuring out. I mean, it's, I do think it's interesting for next year. I mean, if I said Notre Dame's starting offensive line in 2018 was left to right Liam Eichenberg, Aaron Banks, Sam Lester for Alex Bars, and Tommy Kramer, I think that we'd look at that and say, talented group. Um, probably going to have to learn on the run. Uh, but You know, they they should at least be fine in the starting five next year, minus Hodge
2: And Josh Lug and Robert Hainsey are your back. Yeah. So those two of that group right there, which is, you know, they'll be the redshirt freshmen. They're in the position of uh, Kramer and Leichenberg right now. Uh, Back to rankings. Actually, top six guys on the roster in terms of scout.com's rankings coming out of high school. Barajas was number six, and Tristan Hodge was number five of the entire roster. Yeah, they were second and third in that recruiting class behind Alizé Mack was number
1: one.
0: The news of Malik Zaire... um, I mean, this has been going on for a while, like you said, Pete, uh, and it's not definite yet, right? I mean, Florida's still no. It's there's it's okay. It's yeah. it's okay. It is a done yeah. deal. There were uh, we. Yeah, had, I had heard he, some. He said he's going there. Okay, but I mean, there were some academic issues that still had to be straightened out. Whatever, we expect him yeah. to end up there. It's a good move for him uh, coming out of the spring. A redshirt freshman by the name of Felipe Franks was the guy that was the front runner, but obviously. He doesn't have any playing experience, and they have another freshman, Kyle Trask. So it's a great opportunity for Malik Zaire. Boy, he's going to get thrown in against it, uh, up against it in in the SEC, but a great opportunity for him. Yeah, I mean, he's so far superior
1: to (coughs) Del Rio. Uh, And look, I mean, they were starting Austin Appleby last year. I mean, they were in the Purdue grad transfer market for quarterbacks. So I think Notre Dame's kind of an upgrade there, but... The, the hang-up here, as we've been saying for six months, is the ability to Florida take for Florida to take a grad transfer or not. They had to get through the SEC meetings. The SEC had to say, okay, you are going to waive your probationary period. SEC did that. Now he's free to go there. It's where he wanted to go from the very, very beginning. Um, that was the first school mentioned to me by the family. It was, it was Florida. Then they had to jump through eight or nine hurdles to make yeah. it happen, but... Here they are. I mean, first game is going to be against Michigan. Great, I'll watch that. Um, you know, you got Michigan, LSU, Georgia, A um, and M, Tennessee. Tennessee's on there. It's uh, Florida State is on there. Florida State's at the end of the year. They pretty much have all of those games not on the road, the road. right? Um, home, and new-
2: home and neutral. Yeah,
1: home and neutral. So it's it's set up. And shoot, if if Austin Appleby can get you to the SEC title game, I would like to think that Malik Zaire could probably do a good job of that as
2: well it will play with good players against good players be yeah fun, interesting year if you want to watch Zaire's final uh, yeah. active college football. and it's like what somebody from who covered Florida reached out to me on
1: scout Jackie Franchili and the way I described it's like Zaire is going to be good enough to beat some teams that Florida could not beat last year unless they won 10 to 3 uh but he's not going to be good enough to go 11 and 1 but he'll be good enough to make plays that that Florida offense just could not make last year because they didn't have an athlete playing quarterback.
0: And he'll be the starter all year?
1: As long as he's healthy. Yeah, I think with that depth chart, he
0: will be. Yeah, I think yeah. with the depth chart, uh, yeah, I would agree. Let's hope he stays healthy. I mean, for his sake, it's a it's a great... You know, when he left, he said, I consider myself to be the best quarterback in the country, he's going to get an opportunity to prove himself yeah, in that Yeah, no, in that this, isn't a, this isn't
2: a fading away transfer at yeah. all. I mean, you're, no, you're it's on TV be a, a lot, and you're in the best league. So that's... I mean, in many
1: ways, I, it's a more ballsy transfer than ever. Golson to Florida State because Florida State was, okay, yeah, you play Clemson. And, and a down Florida team. You got eighty-seven pros on offense with this. You is, is, yeah. so that was this is friggin' in the rigor, man. So I, I give Zaire a lot of credit for for making this move.
0: Preseason magazines coming out. Athlon was the first one to come out. They have Notre Dame ranked number twenty preseason, which I give them credit because a lot of times they just look at last year's record and make a determination as to next year's top twenty-five. And so they're putting some thought into that. Lindy's has them twenty-eighth. I didn't even realize there was still a Street and Smith around, but they don't have them ranked in the top twenty-five. And uh, Phil Steele will be coming out here shortly. I don't know if that's a uh, Pete. You write the Nordim coverage for Lindy's. I write the Nordim coverage for Athlon. I don't know. I, I,
1: I heard no credit given to Lindy's for their twenty-eighth ranking. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's because it's outside. Because it's outside the top twenty-five. Okay, right. I'm being objective
0: here, <laughs> okay. and I don't feel like I wrote. Hey, Notre Dame's definitely a top twenty-five preview of Notre Dame. They you don't had pick- them number one. And everybody else had them. Yeah, right. No, they, off don't, they don't. They don't. They don't, I don't think they consult the individual writers that provide the coverage as to who they're going to pick in their yeah. top twenty-five. They but, didn't ask. me. No, if Lindy's them. would have had Notre Dame in the top twenty-five, I would have said, yeah, "Hey, okay. I give them credit to what, but Twenty-eight. Forget twenty-eight. Um, it's outside the top twenty-five. I I was.
1: Um... I don't think I was bullish or bearish on Notre Dame in the preview that I did for them. I mean, you had
2: to write it in March, right?
1: Yeah, because <laughs> <it's>, uh, you <laughs> it's know like Elijah Taylor was still healthy. Well, I at that said point. eight or ni- I said eight or nine wins. Yeah. I mean, I don't that's think that's out. Yeah, I did too. Um, but yeah, it's like look, they've, we all know the issues that Notre Dame has. We've been talking about them for mm. years. Uh, uh, so, I I think that if I you know when you're doing these previews, you're trying to get some points across to people that don't know anything about right, Notre right, Dame, right? Um, So the points I really want to get across were like, hey, Brandon Wimbush is going to be potentially great right now um, based on how productive he's going to be out of the gate as a first-year starter. Um, Alize Mack, you might not know who he is because he was Alize Jones the last time you heard of him. Um, I I think he's got a chance to be
0: NFL early draft good. I don't think he was Alize Mack when I turned in my... I think my, I my my first draft.
1: It was it was debatable at that point. I think I just <laughs> said a, a note, be like, hey, just you might you might one need to change this. Uh, and Notre Dame has some big problems on defense in terms of the personnel, defensive yeah. tackle and safety. It's that's just kind of where they are.
2: There's one thing I noticed in Lindy's that I, I found intriguing. We just discussed this before the podcast. They ranked 20 players nationally that missed all of last year or almost all of last year that can make an impact coming back. And obviously, Alize Mac was the, the choice. Everybody's going to put in there, yeah. but they did have Sean Crawford. On the list as well as number eleven. That's some uh, that's some good
0: digging. Are you that or Pete wrote the article. One of the yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. We uh, obviously some recruiting stuff coming up. Jamie and Franklin about to make a decision. Is that tomorrow? That's no, it's tomorrow Tuesday. Or uh, yeah, Tuesday. We're on Monday. Uh, and then Irish invasion coming up this weekend. And I, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. There's a whole. There's about. I'm looking forward to. Uh, not a Saturday night Okay. working, but the event, if you could but the event the itself, yes, yeah, so I will yeah. remove the fact that I thought it was going to be a daytime thing and it's actually going to be at night. It used to be during the day because I was there a couple of years ago. I think it just starts when the sun's up. Okay, well, I, that, that must be what it is. But look, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, we get to see Derek Allen in person, Adam Malola's in person. I want to see DJ Johnson, who Notre Dame's recruiting at corner and they probably need him. Really interested to see Cam Ragrown because when healthy, his film is outstanding. Uh Amon Ross St. Brown. How do, I mean, I don't think he's, he's going not to He's not gonna end be up, there. He is not I'm, going to show I'm up. Deleting okay. the list right. from from the list as And we probably speak. won't end up in Nordane. Would you agree with that? I mean, probably just based
1: on the odds are less than fifty percent. Um, but I wouldn't say they're five percent either.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah, Better I, than that.
1: I, but I, you know, I, I think that they're in it. But they're not the favorite, yeah. I, um, I just
0: don't sense that that ultimately is going to go their way. Jason away, yeah. I,
1: I, I hope he works out. Um, that's the thing with Irish Invasion is like you see guys that they're on the list, but then there's also you need to like do a secondary list of like, are you working out or are you not? And a lot of times these guys don't know until they show up because they, they get here and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so, or yeah, I want to do it. But DJ Johnson, the corner from Indianapolis, Tim, I, I totally agree. I, I need to see him. Um, but Jason Away, Shane Simon, those are two guys I really hope work out. Shane Simon has said that he will. Um, I mean, he's their number one rover prospect. And the Adam Malola twins said that they will definitely work out as well. Like they're, And their attitude is basically like, why would I go and then just stand around? <laughs> um, which is unfortunately a pretty common
0: attitude. Um, so I, I'm... Really, f- really intrigued to see both of them work. That's a fairly recent attitude, right? I mean, it's the yeah. last couple of years. Well,
1: I think it is dovetailed with now there's like a camp every weekend, and it doesn't make sense to work out at every camp. But if you're a commitment, work out. You know, just you get coaching. I mean, yeah. it's that's a it's to me, it's a sign that. You really like playing football, um, yeah. and that's, that's don't an, show up
2: overweight and have you see them there. That is too. an
1: important sign. You transfer that, three years later, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, those are guys. Camera grown. Pretty sure he'll work out. I, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't. Um, just based on just coming off yeah. the knee, uh, but and I hope Derek Allen works out too. He's been doing seven on sevens all summer. Um, that wouldn't shock me if he just sort of sat out based on he's kind of overworked and. These are guys, Jason Audubon, uh, Derek Allen, uh, Cam McGrone, Shane Simon. They'll all be at the opening later this summer. So that's, um, they'll have, if they don't work out <laughs> South Bend, they will be working out there and going against national guys. So, and then you know, in the underclassmen, um, pretty sure George Karlaftis, four-star defensive end from West Lafayette, uh, and Jacob Lacey, Four-star defense attacker from Bowling Green, Kentucky. They they should probably be both working out. And I hope Brian Williams, the Bishop Dunn safety, does too. He's he's potential
0: five-star good. Um, I do want to see Carl Loftus, and Notre Dame is really zeroing in on him, aren't they? Yeah, I mean he is Notre Dame number one, yeah. so he's a guy that could
1: scoop up. I think whenever he decides that he wants to take himself off the market, yeah. but um, yeah, and then. Not that it'll work out, but Jamie and Franklin has talked about coming in this weekend. At that point, he probably he'll be a Notre Dame verbal commitment, barring something really shocking tomorrow. But he's also an opening finalist. We'll get to see him out there. But he's a guy, you know, he's they need that body type in the middle, and I, I think that he will be an upgrade over sort of Tiasum, awesome, Dude Treadway, that type of. Um, you know, big body, because I, I think he's got more suddenness to him. Um, I think he'll just be a, a pretty comfortable fit for another. He's not, he's not Sheldon Day 2.0. Don't get me wrong about that. But I, I do like him as a player.
0: Where are they with, let's, why don't we end this segment with, where are they with P.J. Mustapher and and... I think that's stocked down uh, considerably. And I sort of
1: speculated about this on the message board that if you could give me a five-man defensive line haul of the Adam Twins, Jamie and Franklin, like, you're going to get those three guys for sure. Thomas Booker, they feel good about him. Uh, he's been sort of asking questions of the Adam Twins that have been taken by, like, these are questions you ask if you're like, okay, I'm about to commit or like, I'm, mm-hmm. I know Notre Dame's where I want to go. So get those four guys. If you could give me P.J. Mustafer or you could give me Jason away, I would take Jason away because they don't have that body type on the roster. He's 6'5", 236, and P.J. Mustapher is he's a defensive tackle, offensive guard. Um, I'll t- I'll take the weak side defensive end who maybe grows into a strong side defensive end. That's the type of player they need on the roster more than the Guard defensive tackle, absolutely,
0: right? and I would say the PJ Mustafir is an offensive guard slash defensive. Could tackle. be a really good one. I think he'd be a really, really good one. Is he that dead set against it?
1: What I was told is that he's yeah favoring Penn State, and he's just not he's just not really that high on Notre Dame. Um, I don't know what the particular reasons are on that, uh, but just he. P- Notre Dame is not the, the spot he wants to be, um, that is Penn State. So maybe that maybe Notre Dame will throw a changeup in this recruitment, but I think that they would need to throw a changeup in it
0: to, to move back up to the top of the list there. All right, sounds good. We'll be back for Segment 2, Burning Up the Boards. <music> segment 2, Burning Up the Boards. Questions from our readers, starting with DLKEL01. If Indy starts five and zero, what would you guess their final record would be? And are they competing for a playoff spot or an Elite Bowl? Uh yes to
1: the second part, the Elite uh, Bowl. The Elite Bowl playoff spot. Um, but I, I think I would still say they'd finish nine and three. I don't uh, think I don't think I would overly. I don't think I would look at this and be like, well, they started five and zero. They have so, so much be intangible 11-1. confidence yeah. that.
2: They're just going to like just plow people
1: the rest of the way.
2: Because I don't think they'll start 5-0, and I think they'll finish 10-2 and if they get to 5-0. I think they'll be, they're a better team than I think they are, if they get to 5-0. Two road wins, Georgia win, and then two they have to have, obviously. Um, and I'm giving them, I mean, if they're 5-0, and I'm also kind of not overlooking another road game, but I'm thinking that if they're 5-0, and they will beat North Carolina. So, yeah, I think there'd be... USC and Stanford would be the hurdles, with Miami being a tough road game, obviously, but I would give them the benefit of the doubt of winning one of those three. Hard game, so I'd give them ten and
0: two. Yeah, still have to play Navy, which is always difficult. Right? No, it still is. Have yeah, Five and zero means you should be able to beat. Yeah, those no doubt. Teams, I though. mean, when I have five and zero, and and I do think they have a decent chance of that. Obviously, George, the Georgia game is very pivotal, and you have to hope that Michigan State still is kind of in a shambles from last year, which they kind of are. Really, I mean, I he's uh, Dantonio's had a lot of problems there in getting Their that off season all was not together. As good as Notre Dame's well, and they so had.
2: No, no, definitely not. And
0: the interesting thing is, I mean, they they had a lot of seniors last year. They have barely any starters they were returning. So last they're year. yeah, right. So they're I mean, they're still really young. But five and zero, I'd still say nine and three, maybe ten and two. I would move. But to knowing 10-2, what yeah. they, but knowing what they have to do, we've talked about this how many times? Knowing what they have to do on the road at North Carolina, right. you know, at Miami, at Stanford, you know, you're going to have to win. You're going to have to win. Two of those three, and that's really difficult to do. So I don't know that I, you know. And again, we talk about numbers five and zero. We have to see how they play. You have to know what kind of injuries are. What you know, who's emerged? Do you have young players now settling in the spots? Five and zero is just a number. I need to see how they would get to that.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I have not reasonably considered five and zero. So I like the question because giving five and zero makes me think they're better than I think they are. Overall really? As a team. Yes. I have not reasonably considered Temple, Georgia, eight. Michigan State, Boston yeah. College, Miami, Ohio. 2 true road games in Georgia. I just don't think they're going to win all three of those games. That's okay. Like, that you have
1: to be 5. No, you got to win all well, three I'm of not, those games. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. that like it's going to be easy, but... If it was
2: 4-1, and one, it wouldn't have changed anything for me. 5-0 and o made so no change for me. Mm. I appreciate the question, uh DLK. Yeah, and,
1: and Dan the uh, okay. Thanks for sticking with us on this question because yes. you submitted it a month ago. It didn't all, <laughs> all right. Uh, is it too soon? Wants to know, what position battles are you looking forward to in fall camp?
0: I don't... I, to me, I don't really think there's... Is there anything on, on offense that intrigues you? Because I think Kramer's going to win the right tackle job. I think the so wide
2: receiver's not named... St. Brown, who really, if they really... Who gets in the mix. Yeah, who's really in the mix. Because remember, (laughs) they're playing two tight ends a lot. So there's only one wide receiver spot for... 50% 50 percent of the snaps. Right. We'll How do they use Claypool? The so you know, is Boykin
0: really yeah. firmly in the in the rotation? I, we, we think he is based upon the spring, but Just
2: not as many spots. If you have, what you, if you have two running backs, ca- if maybe
0: Claypool's the interesting one because if you play Claypool, then you have one tight end. But he is tight end like he has tight end qualities. He's he's a bigger body that
2: you could play them all. Claypool, y- Jones, yeah, and they're fast enough, Mac and Claypool. But right? I don't think I
0: don't really think that those are where no. the battles are. The battles are on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. and to me, defensive tackle is a. I mean, d- does Bonner maintain that spot? <laughs> does Taylor come back? Uh, what have I talking? Supposed to? to be interesting battles.
2: Yeah, yeah. looking forward to. <laughs> looking forward to. Not as much. As well, oh, yeah. No,
1: I was just. But I, I well, think okay. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say that I missed work, Bob. <laughs> I, w- I
0: I am looking forward to the battles on the interior defensive line because if Cage is, you know, if you That's can right. if you can get a lot more out of Cage than you thought that makes it interesting, does does Yule give you an opportunity to be flexible with Tillery? You know, And what I'm saying is, if you have a healthy cage and a productive young Yule, do you have flexibility with Tillery now to move to three technique?
2: That's fine. If those guys, if you see Jerry Tillery move to three technique, I think it's the best news. And not because I know about three technique versus nose tackle for Jerry Tillery, it means you have another guy. All of a sudden, you have cage and Yule and Tillery involved, as opposed to Mm you're going back to a guy with a Liz Frank injury and Bonner, who's a tweener and... I like that's a good point that if I would, would get those names in there. Yeah.
1: I really wanna see uh, what steps forward Jalen Elliott has taken by the time August rolls around and I wanna see what Isaiah Robertson looks like. So I I'd say safety is intriguing to me in a maybe there's some potential there for somebody to, to make a, a jump or two forward, but it's kind and, of, Elliott and Robertson are curious. It's kind of yeah,
0: because I mean I think in, in Coleman Elliott stud still who who maybe we aren't quite as high on as we were a year ago now and Robertson because of the length, I'd like to think that you're going to, especially with Elko being the safety coach, that you're going to be able to find a combination there that that is improved and can be productive. Well, it's, I I think
1: O'Malley and I were talking about this just on text message uh, when I was writing the Jalen Elliott A to Z, and it's like, you look back okay, at Texas last year, they started one safety who they moved to linebacker because they've admitted he can't cover. And another safety who ran a four nine at pro day, and they thought that that was just going to work out. I mean, it's it's amazing to me where they were at safety last year. So hopefully they can
0: take not just one but two, three, four steps forward from where they were because the defense needs it. I did think your A to Z uh, recap on Elliott was interesting because I mean you took you took a I mean a, a, a forward looking positive look at what he's capable of doing, and I I tend to agree with that. A lot of it is based upon the conversations we had with with Todd Light when Elliot was coming yeah. in how he how he spoke right. of him and I and I still have that in my head and I and I I mean I think Elliot can be a really good safety I just don't know whether he's going to be a really good safety by this fall.
1: Yeah, cuz I I think my career comparison was Jerome Sapp, which is like the best it's going to yeah. get. And but then I was interested like looking back to when he's at Jerome Sap for one year. Yeah, he had yeah. one Great year, but then was a, a rotational good player uh, for his sophomore and junior
0: years.
2: He was great as a senior. I think that's what Jalen Elliott he really was. Can he can awesome. be too. But well, when
0: we're making comparisons, you know, and I think people should keep this in mind when when reading the A to Zs. That I mean, we're comp- we're trying to make a comparison to another player at a comparable stage of yeah, their right, career. Right. You know, we you say. And and you end up coming up with a guy that ends up having a great career, which I think maybe we're kind of projecting a little bit, but we are trying to focus where that player was compared to another yeah, player cause at the uh, same it,
1: stage. If you if I did Jalen Elliott's career comparison to be Harrison Smith, it'd be actually no, Jalen Elliott's actually quite a far ahead of Harrison Smith at this point yeah. in their careers.
2: But that wouldn't make any sense. No, that's not, that's not a good way to do it. I don't think. Uh, Wash, ND. Who is the most likely out of nowhere significant contributor on the team? And Pete is not allowed to choose Claypool, which means I don't think we can either.
0: Yeah. I don't. I mean, I just. Uh, I do have one. Okay, because out of nowhere, this is this is a non, pretty nebulous in,
2: Non-injury, and he's not slated to start. And Pete mentioned him. Isaiah Robertson is mine. Okay. He could just win the job in September, and it means things went poorly. But I think he's a guy that could just be a starting safety that we don't think is a starting safety this year mm-hmm. on the team. It means it went poorly for Elliott. Um, maybe, I don't know if it would go poorly for Coleman, how you'd work that out. You'd have to move some things around there. It could go poorly for one of those two guys. Yeah. Because um, everybody else, to me, is injury-related, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to define what out-of-nowhere means. Ian Book we, would be out of nowhere, but talk, it's one injury. We talk about all 85 guys <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm telling you, like in the past, out of nowhere, like Jonas Gray would have been an out of nowhere
0: senior season. To be great, as yeah. opposed to just a guy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was quite a thing. Out of nowhere. On the season. You know, if, if Elijah Taylor bounce, bounces back mm. and is a contributor, that's mm. kind of out of nowhere. Khalid Kareem. I'm that not would be sure. out of nowhere. Right, right, that would be out <laughs> of nowhere, but that would mean he'd have to get past Jay Hayes, and I don't really see that, and Trombetti too, probably. I would love to see it. Right, you know, I, I mean, we are all pretty high on Khalid Kareem when he came out of high school, but he wouldn't be out of nowhere.
2: But what about C.J. Sanders bouncing back from like being I buried? That, to yeah, yeah. We're, all of a sudden, be involved you? a lot because it doesn't. I mean, the, the way their the offense is going, it just doesn't. It seems like
0: he's fifth in the pecking But I don't know that. It, I don't know that we yeah. believe that any of those I guys that we've just Robertson. mentioned. I think Robertson. Robertson. Could be involved no, I think Robertson as the is, season goes along. Is reasonable. We haven't seen Josh Lug yet, and he's a true freshman, and that never happens, or not never, seldom happens. I'm not sure that they're in a position where, you know, Josh Lug's another guy that if they had problems at guard or they had depth problems, they'd take a look at him in there early mm-hmm. too. But, you know... I don't. I don't know it. Out of nowhere is. is uh, I mean, it's a good question because it's difficult to answer. It's a tough yeah. threshold to clear, though. Yeah, you're right. We talk about everybody, yeah. so I don't. I the, what we consider to be out of nowhere, we're constantly considering these guys. Like a
2: grad transfer would be out of nowhere. Yeah, be... if They took another one. Uh, you know, if it's like someone
1: like Jonathan Jones, I don't know how he would get I on the field a linebacker. But yeah, like it, a bad sign. <laughs> but if he turned into like a James Anawalu quality special teams player. Would that be out of nowhere? I don't know. Um, it would be a welcome change, right? Because they they need help in those in those phases. But
2: I don't know where's was well, there one last year. That's was out. there anyone? I mean, it's a bad year to, to do it for. But, <laughs> but was <laughs> there anybody that contributed only last year? That I mean, would, without would, any, without would Chris Fink even qualify as out of nowhere? No, he's on our radar forever. We're, <laughs> we're talking <laughs> about him in August.
1: Well, I, I take
2: it pretty much Jalen Elliott, Troy Pride. Dante Vaughn. Dante Vaughn was a good one. We did not think he'd play that much last year. No. Well,
0: the level that Julian Love played at was, yeah. was way higher than than we expected. And, and, you know, I mean, maybe something like that will happen. But usually it's somebody that's already on our radar that's not out of nowhere. Indy 616, what recent Notre Dame team does this current Notre Dame team most remind you of in terms of position group strengths, and weaknesses? Mm. There's a lot to consider with yeah. that question. Yeah,
1: I feel like I, I get hung up on the new quarterback. Like, you, right. got, you got to find a team that had a new quarterback. I did the same thing. So that scratches out a ton of teams. Um, and then it's hard to find a new quarterback who is also an upperclassman. Because usually the new quarterbacks are Brady
2: Quinn, Jimmy Clausen. What, um, what about Kelly's first team? With Dane Chris and a bunch of freshman walk ons behind him, a quarterback. Yeah. Three running backs. He had four or five that can play. Um, that was a one-wide receiver team, though. With Floyd. NFL that's a left different. tackle. NFL left tackle. Uh, great tight end. Great backup tight end. We didn't know about being great. I mean, that's that's close enough. Yeah, yeah, that's, and I, it's I, as you, close as
0: you're going to yeah. get, I think. I, Carlisle, Carlisle, Holiday yeah. as your quarterback in the early 2000s as a as a more athletic run pass guy. Yeah, which is what you have with with Wimbush. But that was Jackson's one of the 2002 yeah. Willingham's first defense. Kent Bears' well, first be nice. defense was really really good. <laughs> yeah, and I and I wouldn't intend that was the second best that. defense that I've covered yes, here. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's like it's very you know, underrated.
1: Sed Hilliard, Daryl Campbell are not your defensive no.
0: tackles right now. Um, so, also, we can't really Justin answer the question. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess he was okay. He was so backup. Defensive. So, we asked the question, but <laughs> we can't we. really answer it. I don't I don't know that you can. I mean, I think you can answer it and compare yeah, bits I, and pieces. I,
2: you could compare bits and pieces a lot, because I made this Dane Christ, we, we all like Dane Crist right before he was about to start his career as a junior at Notre Dame, and his mm-hmm. backups were a freshman and a walk-on, and they had a bunch of good running backs that ended up being good later on down the line. I mean, Sierra Wood and Jonas Gray. Yeah. You know. Theoretic. But yeah, it's hard on D. I mean, it compares most closely. This is bailout, but I mean, the D's, the defensive problems and strengths are the same as they were last year on paper. Right? Corner's probably better. On paper, because there's like Nick Watkins is involved, and we think they're sure good.
0: The, but the defensive line situation really hasn't changed no. significantly. Well, I mean, 2000, I think 2010 is a good one because yeah. I think you would also look at
1: cornerback and say, Oh, Walls, Blanton, and Gray. And yeah, yeah you right. Hey, that's a good group. Yeah. Um, you know, that team. And at, at that point, Harrison Smith was not Harrison
2: Smith, he was a guy moving back from linebacker, right? Yeah, it's the opposite of Drew Tranquil. <laughs> 2010 it is,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> El
2: Paso, All right. here, El Peso, here we come oh. up. Yep. All right.
1: Statman 72. Why do Harry Easton and Brian Kelly often have offensive linemen get their first experience at one position, knowing they intend to move the player to the second position a season later?
0: Uh, I, because that's the way a lot of guys do it, really. I mean, I, I, jumping ahead of the NFL, you see a lot of guys that, are, that project long-term as tackles that start out at guard in the NFL. And I think, you know, in college, you're trying to find your right mix. You're trying to find... First of all, you're trying to find balance on your depth chart. And secondly, you're trying to find your five best to put out there. And sometimes it's easier to play guard. It's definitely easier to play yeah. guard, transition into guard, than it is to tackle. Um, you need a two kind deep- of the way offensive line play goes many times. You need a two deep at practice,
2: and three of those guys need to be able to go into a game on Saturday. And you got to right. find a spot where they can help you and guys mm-hmm. move around. That's why we're going to hear in August that Josh Lug and Robert Hainsey and Aaron Banks are all in the varsity. But the goal is that none of them play, because they'll yeah. probably be able to play in the varsity this year. That right. means you're the top ten lineman on the team. They'll be on the two deep. And it'll look cool, and you hope they don't get in. And you would think that your first shot, chi- you know, your let's say there's an injury, Bivin's going to go in somewhere because he's played everywhere. But if it's a long-term injury, Bivin
1: will go in anywhere.
2: Yeah, and it's if it's a long-term injury though, then they have to decide on Monday, what are we going to do? Is Bivin going to be our guy, or are we going to? consider yeah. burning
0: redshirt. Well here. if Quint, if Quentin Nelson redshirted <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> every <laughs> offensive lineman <laughs> is capable yeah, of redshirting. Jack that's, that's yes. Martin
1: did. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it's also the coaching staff wants to give more evaluation to these guys. Guys come in and you're like, oh well maybe he's a better guard than a tackle. Um, you know independent of the depth chart shaking out the way that it shakes out. Um I think that's fine. I mean, Nick Martin came in; he was a tackle, then he was a guard, then he was a center, then he was a second-round pick. Um, yeah, I think Robert Hanzy might have a similar career. He played tackle in spring. I bet he moves to guard, and I think he could take over for Sam Mustaver. Oh, he's then. blocking Dale
2: Hayes instead of a hundred and eighty-pound offensive yeah. yeah. defensive of end. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, <laughs> you just sort of that's just how it goes. Where
0: would this offensive line be? I mean, we've had we've had debates, I guess, or conversation on the the uh, the message board about why they have so many interior offensive linemen and not uh, tackles. And I tend to forget that Jerry Tillery was a tackle. Where would this yeah. offensive line be if he was I know it changes the dynamics of the, the defensive front, but where would it be if Jerry Tillery was a you know, a third year offensive tackle in this program? That'd be a pretty damn good offensive line. You'd need all the points you could get to. You wonder yeah. how like <laughs> how
1: would he fit into that? Maybe the right meeting room. room. In the meeting room? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, not saying position. I'm saying personality yeah. is a much more interesting conversation with Jerry Tillery and the offensive line. He might have been
2: beaten into him by now, but at the beginning. That's
1: why I think his would personality
0: been... would be different if he had been with Harry yeah. Eastman for three years. Well, how?
1: What would you just like <laughs> hanging out with Quentin Nelson? <laughs> what?
0: You say they don't have a lot in common. No, I just like <laughs> I think somebody might have got their butt kicked. Come <laughs> on, <I, fun>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: figure it out. Um, then my prediction of the most points in Notre Dame history would come true, and they would need every single one of them. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's a better fit on defense
0: because yeah, that, he'd be the left tackle. And McGlinchey would still be the right tackle. Yeah,
1: that's what the roster is demanded. They they do not have enough defensive tackles. He's their best one. I think if he was on the offensive line, he'd be the fifth best player. So that's the state of Notre Dame's
0: roster right now. I don't know if...
2: I'm stuck on the fight. I, I like this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd be the fifth best
0: offensive lineman, having played there for two years now, And although he probably wouldn't have a whole lot of playing experience up to this point, whereas he's got a ton on the defensive side. We'll never know. I just, yeah. you know.
2: Did you guys watch uh, Tyson Spinks a couple decades ago? <laughs> yeah. Terry Benedict, not using uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, or Alabama. Would you, be satisf- you would be satisfied if the offense performs like X-team and the defense performs like X-team. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this stops our Alabama-Ohio <laughs> State string on the
1: uh, podcast. Can I say uh, USC on offense and Michigan on defense? Like,
0: or is that just like defeating the purpose that's, of the question? It's <laughs> defeating the purpose. I kind of <laughs> looked at it, you know, like offensively, okay, you've got a new quarterback in here, so you're going to look for, it's going to be, you want the, you definitely want the balance. You want them to run more, but you, you know, we always want them to run more. Right. But I, you know, I looked at offenses from last year that provided a little bit of, uh, you know, balance. So I can throw out some names that were balanced offenses. I don't know that those necessarily defensively. I'll take Wake Forest defense. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that there aren't going to be as many sacks, and there, there probably aren't going to be as many takeaways. Because it's going to take Mike Elko time to get to that level, but if you just, imagine a few years ago, if you said, "Man, I'd like Notre Dame's defense to be as good as Wake Forest," you'd take that, wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, you'd take that now. Yeah, you would.
2: Yeah. Can you use former Notre Dame? Can I use a caveat? Use former Notre you Dame? You can teams do whatever here? you want. I think Tim. I can. I'll answer the question. Right? What about if the offense was? I mean, it can't be quite. Wouldn't? I would, yeah. What if the offense is as good as Weiss's last offense with Klausen and... Those running backs and all those I mean, closing and those wide receivers running all over the place and they were catching touchdowns and I just don't think they were thirtieth in scoring. I don't think
0: I just don't think you can expect that with Wimbush but they having were, five passes. They were thirtieth in the nation now. in
2: scoring. That team was thirtieth in the nation yeah. in scoring. I mean, that's not insane, right? To think that they could be thirtieth in the nation in scoring. I guess a lot of they better be. Yeah. Well you know the weird thing is that so many lower level teams score a lot of points, so that's right. kinda um Defensively, I mean, you, you, you wouldn't be satisfied with any of the Van Gorder defenses. I mean, I guess you'd be satisfied with the 2015's output, but that's, you know, they're... two they the Michigan people. game was good. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're pulling a game? Yeah, that'd be fine. Stanford of the rain when no one could see. Yeah. That was, they were a really good dude that time. I it, I mean, all every Diaco defense would be... The worst Diaco defense would be great for this defense <laughs> to hit. That's 13, isn't it? That's... The
0: worst Surely. Diaco defense
2: was his last one. Yeah, and that'd be the, that'd be a good one to have, right? they just have some... Maybe not. There might not be enough, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's got to be... Well, and, and it's difficult to make that comparison have, because their approach is very different. And their offense was yeah, nothing their pro, yeah. I mean, the way Diaco approaches it and the way Elko's going to pro, approach it are very different.
1: Here's what I'll take on defense. Wisconsin. They're fundamentally very sound, not super athletic, but they have good athletes mm. for sure. Uh, and they are incredibly well coached. Um, they have sort of the afterglow of Dave Aranda there. Um,
0: that would be that'd be my spot. What
2: about? Uh, I'm Nordic- thinking
0: Pittsburgh. I would yeah. think. I would say Pittsburgh.
2: What about the North Carolina offense that came in here against Van- when Van Gorder finally had a bad game with that with the offensively? The, yeah, the offense.
0: Well, they yeah, I mean they Marquise scored, a, Williams, yeah, they scored the a, bunch of Wimbush points. Wimbush, right? yeah. I think Brandon Wimbush is going to be better than Marquise yeah, he Williams. He's good quality, he was no, a good, he, college a good college player, yeah. good college player. No, he's a, mean, he, he was he kept Mitchell Trubisky on the bench. He did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, you won't be the only one. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: but still didn't dissuade the Bears from picking yeah. him with the number two oh. overall. The, the number two <laughs> overall pick. <laughs> But Man, anyway, you better be right. Yes, that
1: that North Carolina offense was really, really good and fast and, and hard to defend. Up tempo, dual threat quarterback who's not Cam Newton, um, but just a really good athlete, strong arm. I think I think North Carolina. That's a good, uh, it's a good comparison. So, all right. So then we've got a North Carolina, Wisconsin, Wake Forest hybrid. <laughs> since I'm not allowed to take USC and Michigan for for obvious reasons. Um, All right, well, I guess that's it for our podcast this week. Uh, We'll be back in a couple weeks, or are we going to be back next week? Next week. Next week? All right. Irish Invasion. Ah, yeah, post-Irish Invasion. We will be back for our next Irish Illustrated Insider. It'll be June 12th. um, To wrap that up, probably talk a little bit more about Jamie and Franklin. And Irish Illustrated Recruiting Extra Podcast. I'll be back with Kevin Sinclair on Thursday to get into the nitty-gritty of Irish Invasion, who's coming, who might commit, and probably talk a little bit more about Jamie and Franklin on that one as well. So, until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sampson. Thanks for listening.